escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. It's a pleasure to have you here. We are live on DSTV Go TV around the world via myjoyonline.com and on your digital television. Well, this morning, the National Security Minister, Albert Kandapa, will take his turn before the committee probing the alleged plot to depose the Inspector General of Police. Chairman Samuel Atachia says it's become necessary for the minister to appear because some witnesses uh, have already been investigated by his ministry. He spoke to my colleague Samuel Imbura after IGP Dr. George Kufudampari made his first appearance yesterday. Well, let's see how it goes. But I know on top of my head that the matters concerning the National Security Minister will be in camera, but the rest of them will take a quality decision. Why should the National Security Minister come here? Well, because the, uh, one of the witnesses, I've forgotten, said, I think it's Asari. Huh. So, Pretender Asari said he appeared before the uh, NIB. Aha, he says so. So if he says so, then how does that synchronize with what we are doing here and the evidence? That's what we are attempting to find out. From day one, up initial, I stress that. I don't have any incentive to mess up somebody's life and career. What is that going to do for me? And I think the members of the committee have a similar attitude. That why do you want to be smear another man? Why should somebody's disgrace be our joy? I don't think we are that mean to be doing it that way. And what is very important is that we are supposed to protect everybody to the best of our ability as a, a committee. And I keep saying that nobody will be shortchanged by the committee in terms of the evidence that we will write, I mean, and the rest of it. We will never, never shortchange anybody. And nobody is trying to say, slant the evidence to favor X or Y. And I don't think anybody has the power to do that against us. You won't do it. I'll be taking you to the committee shortly for the live broadcast of today's hearing. Immediately, uh, the committee resumes sitting. So you just want to stay with us. You don't want to miss that. We'll be bringing you more on that right here on news desk. In other news, chairman of the National Democratic Congress, Johnson Isidun Ketia, says the party will not tolerate any member who will be used by the NPP to frustrate its attempt to unseat the incumbent MP for Sunyana West in the 2024 elections. Speaking at the outdooring of Melisenti Abouamankwa as the NDC's parliamentary candidate for the constituency, Mr. Ketia urged the supporters to be resolute in their campaigns and avoid being induced by corrupt NPP officials. Precious Senevo has more. The chairman of the NDC, Johnson Esiedun Ketia, 
at a party gathering at Odumase outdoor the Millicent Yabwa as the parliamentary candidate for the Sunyani West constituency in the Bono region for the 2024 elections, insisting they followed due process. This comes after months of disputes and litigations involving other interested candidates in the constituency. Millicent Yabwa said the acclamation means a lot in her attempt to unseat MPP's Ignatius Bafuwa. I'm very optimistic of the victory come 2024. I will rely on the people of Sunyani West once again that together with unity among the party, we are going to take this battle upon ourselves. It's not going to be easy because everybody that goes to war is aiming at winning. And so if the person doesn't win, the person will definitely have some challenges. But I believe that with the Almighty God, he will touch hearts that are hardened. And I believe because it's his journey and he has ordained it, everything would work out peacefully and we work together to win the seat. However, the regional communications director, Charles Akowa, cautioned the supporters to eschew divisive commentary to forge a united front. I think when the party selects a candidate, we are all bound to campaign and support her or his activity. So I'll urge all communicators in Bono region, especially in Sunyani West Constituency, to canvas all the support, need the support for the parliamentary candidate for victory 2024. But word of caution, if somebody go contrary to the party position, that one, the party has a constitution that we are going to apply to the latter. Chairman of the NDC, Johnson Esiadunketia, wondered how the party has struggled to win the Sunyani West seat since 1996. He expects a change in the 2024 elections and will not tolerate any member induced by corrupt MPP officials. In 2024, <laughs> Precious Semevo, Joy News, Odumasi. Now, Ghana has in recent times experienced devastating impact of floods, especially in major cities across the country. The rainfall distribution in the next two weeks, according to the Meteo Agency, may lead to more localized floods in low-lying areas, while other places would experience rains above normal. On climate focus, Kofi Dudumfe examines if communities and individuals are prepared to develop resilience and adapt to climatic changes. Have come down heavy in the past months. In most instances, floods causing havoc. Communities have been inundated, people stranded, properties and lives have been lost. The rains could be worse in the weeks ahead, according to the Ghana Meteorological Agency. We know that the flood issues that we get here are not just based on the amount of rainfall that comes but also because of 
some conditions that are not so much um, well to cater for the effects or the impacts of the rains that we see in, in the southern portions of Ghana. Also, for places in the northern portions, um, we're seeing the Barbada spillage having some effects on them. So, Upper East, Northeast, are all seeing some flood issues, not because of the amount of rainfall coming into their area, but because Bagre um, is full and then has been open, and then this village is causing those flood issues. So, we should be worried because the issues that we get are not just uh, limited to the amount of rainfall that we get. Perhaps it's, um, it's more like a compound um, effect. And so it depends on other um, activities or events as well. So we should be worried and then be cautious as we enter the minor rainfall season, especially for us in southern Ghana. The extremes of the season, heightened by illegal mining activities, expose communities to health and environmental risks. Agricultural production and livelihoods of farmers are adversely impacted. The forests help us to access water, but when the forests are destroyed, we get starved of our source of water supply. Building resilience is still far from reach. The few natural support systems are under attack by the powerful and affluent in society. Churches, fuel stations, industrial and real estate are harming wetlands and water bodies. Urban and peri-urban trees and greens are sacrificed for commercial construction projects. Environmental analyst Eugene Osei-Tutu says this should not continue if Ghana is to adapt efficiently to climate change. They must ensure that people are not building in waterways, people are not you know, creating uh, community centers, you know, artificial pitches and all these uh, things that you see in our communities on waterways. You must also do... Um, Respect the various zones that are the Ramsey side, the wetlands and all that, which are being developed to all sorts of things. The various district assemblies must ensure that these areas are protected because they serve as a carbon sink of a sort and also as a reservoir to you know, absorb excess rain when this time of the, um, 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 the season kicks in. The government's quest to encourage tree planting under the Green Ghana project has been lauded. This, however, will make little impact if the natural environment is attacked with impunity, without recourse to the collective right to consume good air, build resistance to ill health, and develop sustainably as a people. If we do things right, we'll be able to free our gutters and the runoff will be able to um, find its own smooth way to move. You cannot stop water from um, flowing. And so if you stop it from one point, we'll find another way to um, flow. And that is what causes the flood issues that we see here. So we should do that. Another thing is that we should try and um, find ways of collecting water, rainwater, um, rain harvesting. It's one way to also stop flood issues that we, we have here. So as we go into the minor rainfall season where we'll be getting lots of rainfall, you could be collecting water in your own homes in, in any way. Uh, some could be just by having some grasses or trees around, which will stop the rain water for some time and then take time to um, 
infiltrate into the ground. When you look at the uh, historical data from the Ghana Meteorological Agency, the volume of rain hasn't really changed much, but it's about the human activities, the improper disposal of waste, meaning that the various individuals in the communities must adequately dispose of their waste. There must be beans for them to do that. Also, the district assemblies and the local entities must ensure that these waste are collected promptly so that people will not be compelled to put these rubbish you know, in, in gutters. There must also be you know, proper zoning of lands. You know that when you go to certain communities, how they are building, they are building haphazardly. There must be uh, respect of zonal markets, and these can be done by the judicial assembly, not necessarily the central government. Indeed, the realities of climate change are dawning, but the systems for adaptation remain elusive. For Joy News, Kofi Edudumfer reporting. Now, uh, you may find portions of the next story rather disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. The Agbi and Kabute families at Sege in the Adan West District of the Greater Accra Region won justice for their late three-year-old child, Holyfield Olete Osabute. The toddler was believed to have been beheaded by his 21-year-old uncle. The two families say they are devastated by the bizarre incident. Traumatized and grief-stricken Emilia Agbi, who is the deceased grandmother and mother to the suspect, tells Joy News the three-year-old Holyfield was her source of joy. Tema correspondent Kwame Yanka has more. Emilia Agbi is grandmother to three-year-old Holyfield Olete Osabuti and was taking care of him to enable his mother continue her education. The deceased mother, Sarah Kabute, who will soon be in her third year at Adan Secondary and Technical at Sege, is the seventh child of Emilia Agbi. On the fateful Wednesday, September 6, 2023, at about 7 p.m., the suspect, Obed Kabute, sixth child to Emilia Agbi, is said to have visited his mother for supper, as he usually does, after which he decided to go with his nephew to purchase noodles. Having waited for hours and the two not returning, Emilia Agbi got alarmed and went searching for them, convened the whole area, including noodle joints and the community park. She then proceeded to Obert's father, Joshua Kabute's house, to ask of the two but he said he had not set eyes on them as she returned home to meet their absence. But after fruitless searches, the suspect's elder brother called her on phone that he had seen Obed standing in between two buildings without the child. I rushed out of the house to go meet them. Obed claimed his father, Joshua Kabute, took his nephew from him to accompany him by something. Upon further questioning, he took his brother and I to his father's house, where the body of the child was found in the kitchen. Emilia Agbi fears her son could have been framed up. Get a good buying and more, yeah, 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 yeah
I want the state to have mercy on my son, who has been supportive and asking God to. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Bless anyone who helped bring out the truth and also for Obed to be released. The suspect is said to have mentioned his father, Joshua Kabute, the man with whom Emilia Agbi has nine children as an accomplice, but he denied it and called for a thorough investigation to unravel the truth. There is no iota of truth in the claim that I aided Obed in killing the child. I was even asleep and not sure what came over him to mention my name in connection with this case. Sometimes he acts strange, and when you question him, he seems unaware of his own actions. One of the family heads, George Ofue Baduo, revealed that after questioning, some residents threatened to burn the suspect with car ties if he failed to tell the truth and later sent him to Segei police station. I heard neighbors screaming, so I went out and was told of what had happened. After asking him questions, some neighbors threatened to burn him with car ties if he failed to tell the truth. These charged neighbors placed ties on him and started beating him, but Obed claimed innocence. Meanwhile, Adan Divisional Police Command under the Tema Regional Police Command has taken up the case as part of investigations. We are learning that the deceased, three-year-old Holyfield Olete Osabuti, always told his grandmother, Emilia Agbi, that he would join the police service once he is of age. Kwame Yankesh reports for Joy News. Now, in the face of unimaginable tragedy, one woman's strength and determination have not only transformed her own life, but they've also brought hope to countless others. Join us as we look into the inspiring story of Ikea Sapong, a mother who weathered the storm of losing her daughter to cancer. She later established a lifeline to support parents who are economically and emotionally challenged while facing similar challenges. Mami Sinyamiche Thompson has more. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. Akria Sapong, like any mother, cherished the simple joys of life, especially the moments she shared with her children. But their calm world was rocked by cruel diagnosis. Cancer. Akria Anan Akwanko Sapong 
was only a year old when she was diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma, a highly aggressive cancer that affects soft tissues. It was a very difficult period for them both. My little girl, you know, she had rhabdomyosarcoma at one year, four months, and we went through the treatment here in Kolibu. And we did some of our treatments, you know, externally, came back, we finished it, and unfortunately she relapsed. Before her daughter's death, Ekria had absolutely no idea childhood cancers existed. She worked an eight to five job. No, I was a career woman like everybody else. Okay. Really? I, I worked in the eight development world. Eight to five and sometimes longer. Wow. <laughs> I worked in the development um, organization. organization. So I worked with the Danish embassy. I ran, uh, in fact, Danida. Oh, okay. So I worked okay. with her. Uh, on a private sector program, okay. the business to business, and also the what do you call the business sector support program at the yeah. time. After I left Danida, I left with I worked with government in private sector on the private sector development strategy too okay. at the time, and um, so I did that until I think 2015, okay. and then my twins came along. Despite their unwavering efforts. Akuya's daughter lost her battle with cancer. The pain was indescribable. It felt like a part of her had been torn away in the most unpardonable way. I lost my child exactly five years ago. Um, prior to that, I don't think I knew much about cancer. I didn't know about children's cancer. I didn't even know anything about it. And, and she died. So we had a two-year journey. A very painful journey. In her darkest hour, when resources were scarce and knowledge about childhood cancers was limited in Ghana, Ekuya discovered a newfound purpose. She channeled her pain and grief into founding an organization with a mission to provide support resources and hope to parents enduring the same harrowing journey. There was very little hope, so that's how come we started the foundation. So we are the foundation partner for the pediatric oncology, and we raise funds you know, from corporate organizations, churches, individuals, groups, local international NGOs, and our services uh, support include paying for diagnostics, so you pay for CT scan, MRIs, pathology, we pay for treatment itself. So we pay for chemotherapy, radiation, we pay for surgeries, aftercare, whatever is required. Seven-year-old Nana Kwabnapia is one of the beneficiaries of Ekuya's program. He was diagnosed with cancer two years ago. Like Ekuya, his mother Lodina was shocked to receive the news. We did two weeks. And still, I'm afraid I can't say cancer. So I'm okay, no. It was after two weeks that the doctors told me his diagnosis was cancer. I was shocked because I thought cancers affected only old people and not a young boy like my son. But she couldn't afford treatment. She stayed at Kolebu for two weeks before the diagnosis came. At the time, she could not afford to transport herself and her son to their home in Iswam in the eastern region, let alone pay for treatment. She nearly gave up on her son's weekly chemotherapy sessions, but was given a chance with the Queer's Foundation, which turned things around for her son. 
We used to come to the hospital every week. Paying for the treatment was no small feat. I couldn't bear the cost alone, and my family members couldn't always help. Sometimes I relied on the nurses until I was given an opportunity with lifeline cancer for Ghana. Nana has completed his treatment and is in remission. He regularly comes for reviews every three months. Ekwia Sabon says she managed to lobby the First Lady to build the Sunshine Hostel in Kolibu, providing a sanctuary for children and parents from various regions who couldn't afford rent while seeking treatment at the Kolibu Teaching Hospital. Here, they are fed and offer the opportunity to engage in other activities that concentrate on their healing. Manager of the Sunshine Hostel, Vida Apia, describes the day-to-day activities in the house and how the children are supported. In all, we have 54 beds, but then 36 of those beds are strictly for these mothers. Yes, for the period that they will be here, they are in it, and then it's for free. There's a TV area where the children all come and have some time here after a long day at the hospital. So we all live in the house here. This work is such that you cannot live somewhere and work here. That will not be possible. You have to live with the people. Because once in a while we get emergencies, we have to rush children to the clinic to be attended to. If you are not in the house, how would you know what is happening? Today, Akia Sapong is more than a survivor of tragedy. She's a beacon of hope for many people. Her daughter's memory lives on through the love and care she provides to those in need. And that is our story of hope, really touching one there. Well, let's do some other stories now here on Newsdesk. This year, prospective uh, SHS students must make up to 11 choices instead of the previous six. They were expected to choose to be considered for admission. The National Coordinator for the Computerized School Selection and Placement Center, Max Asumensa, speaking in an interview, told Joe News that students uh, will choose an initial six schools from an available 928 schools followed by the next five from a specific cluster of schools. They must also make sure to indicate their programs of study as well as residential status to the respective schools to validate their applications. Failure to do this will render their application invalid. He spoke to me on Newsdesk. This year, those who completed around, those completed, that is August 11th, they are around 600,714 students. And they'll be going into the 928 schools. And these 928 schools include the STEM schools, which are five. We have um, the senior high technical schools. Mm. We have the uh, TVS schools. Mm. We have the TVS schools. And we have the senior high schools. And let me tell you, I think that this time around, it's not only Ghana Education Service that has the schools. TVS too, because students also are going into Tibet schools and the STEM schools, you understand it. So, yeah. 
So they are not, they are not only going to Ghana education schools. They yeah. are also going to Tibet schools. Schools under Tibet. Tibet. Right. That's, yeah. that, that, so that's under the... Tibet, we have about 220 schools under Tibet. Okay. So that makes it, what, 1,100? No. Because all, it, all the 900, it the 900. 928. Okay. Six initial, five after the six. Wow. So that... Doesn't it make it more cumbersome for you? It doesn't make it cumbersome. So, in, in I will, all I will, I will, 11 I, schools yes, I will, selected? I will, I, will, I will explain it to you and you understand okay. where we are coming from. Okay. I will tell you that, um, you know, that since 2017 that um, we came to the CSSPS, there have been a number of reviews that we do since 2017. And I will ask you, why do we do the reviews? We do the reviews to address certain challenges that we envisaged the previous year. You understand it. So if you come out with that, as a result of, as a result of that, we have had a, a quite number of uh, reviews, mm -hmm. like the 30% uh, public equity, mm -hmm. whereby every vacancy that is declared from every secondary school, 30% must come from the GHS, the public GHS schools. In that region or in... Across the country. Across the country. Okay. It's not in that region. Okay. That, 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 that policy is, uh, is outmoded. Okay. Good. We've also had, as you were saying, when we came after uh, 2016, they were choosing four schools. Right now it was five schools. It came to the six schools. Then here we are. You understand it. All these um, reviews that we've been doing is to ensure that at least we bring equity, fairness into the system. Well, uh, some residents of the Bunu region say the recent increase in electricity and water tariffs by the PURC is insensitive towards them. According to them, implementing these new tariffs will worsen the living standards. Join us as Nesta Kafiatruma reports from the Bunu region. The PURC announced an increase in electricity and water tariffs by 4.22% and 1.18% respectively, and took effect from the beginning of this month. Individuals across the Bono region say the ever-increasing utility tariffs have significantly strained their domestic purse. At first, now we used to pay 200 for a month for the light bill, but now 400, 450 before we can use it for the month. So it's given us problem a lot. To me, if you will hear me there, I can say you should stop. Because even what we are in now is affecting us a lot. So I don't know if we add something to it, I don't know what is going to happen again. But for me, if you is going to listen to me there, like I was saying, you should stop increasing it. Water and light are very essential in human life. You know, these two commodities are necessity. Without these two commodities, human beings will find it difficult to survive. So, increasing water and the electricity bill, in fact, is very dangerous. It's going to be suicidal. This increment will really affect us badly. So, we are pleading with the government to take on this.
increment. I will also plead again. When an increment is coming, they should notice us at least about two months ahead or three months ahead so that we can adjust it and then contain it. The residents of the Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Women Region further spoke against what they termed wicked tax regime in disguise. They consequently called on the government to reverse its notes on taxing small businesses for they are dying slowly. For Joy News, Nesta Kafi, Ajuma, Puno Region. Now, uh, in 2011, she was a Metro Mass Transit bus driver, but two years later, she quit her job to join the Ghana Police Service. She now drives police armored vehicles in Somalia. That's the story of Corporal Dorothy Asari, who is part of a small number of Ghanaian police women with a Ghana formed police unit, inspiring the women of Somalia with their roles in a male-dominated field. Civil war and activities of terrorist groups like Al-Shabaab have plunged Somalia into more than two decades of instability. Security personnel drawn from various countries, including Ghana, are all supporting a Somalia-led peace and security process. Maxwell Abba met Corporal Dorothy Asari and personnel from the Ghana-formed police unit and reports from Somalia. It is half past 10. Some of the 158 personnel of the Ghana Formed Police Unit are gathered on the field singing morale-boosting songs before the day's patrols in the town of Badoa here in Somalia. Behind them are armored vehicles they'll be using for the patrols. Their presence out there gives residents of Badoa and adjoining communities the confidence to step out and go about their normal duties. Here, I've met one of the women in the team, Corporal Dorothy Asari. She's the driver of one of the armored vehicles. She used to drive the Metro Mass Transit bus in Accra, but now part of the police contributing their quota to a Somali-led peace and security process. When we came, um, that's seven months now. After driving, I don't think I have any challenge because I was a driver before coming to the police and I've been driving for so many years. So I don't have any challenge because what a man can do, a woman can also do. So I do it boldly. There is no difference because, um, you, you know, the bus have a long rake and this one too is also long. So it's almost the same. Mm. Driving the bus and driving this one too, it's almost the same. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
As we drove through town with the team, the evidence of how conflicts can destroy countries became clearer. I saw highly fortified walls in many neighborhoods used to protect residents against attacks from Al-Shabaab. The checkpoints were also many. Some personnel of the Somalia police force patrolled the streets on foot in their mufti's and weapons. Commander of the Ghana-formed police unit, Superintendent Eric Van Kofi says, aside from contributing to the peace process, women like Dorothy Asari, through their role, empower the women of Somalia. But, um, though we have the little percentage of it, but the few women that I have, they are doing very well. They have the passion. They have the interest in the job that they do. But um, it was surprising that to see a woman driver or a gunner at this environment, but they just over and they need to be cultivated. We, 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 they, they have the passion. This is, we are power women empowerment. We are power women. And they, 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 so the people take inspiration in them, especially when we go to town. You see, women that could share their sentiment, their sentiment with them. But they, 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 they want to see women. They want to see women in this position. It's mental that women, it's, it's, it's good. It gives hope to women that are, are coming. Here, we have women who are gunners, women who are tactical, tactical uh, communicators who control the, their movement, and the women drivers here, women drivers who also take part in the operations that we do. It is not only for the men, no. The women also take active part in whatever we do here. He's urging Ghanaians to guard the peace we enjoy. I would, what I would like to say is that we should live in peace because it is better to hear of a war that you experience. So that is what my my, my, my my old man told me that it is better to hear of a war that you experience. So I would preach that we should all be in peace. That, that is all. That is that, and peace is paramount. When you have peace, you have everything. So that is what I, I, I would say to my, uh, my uh, fellow countrymen. Although Somalia has made great progress towards peace after more than two decades of civil war and attacks by terrorist group Al-Shabaab, the situation continues to be unpredictable. During our patrol, we heard gunshots at one of the stops. As early as June this year, nine people were killed in an attack claimed by Al-Shabaab Islamist militants at an upmarket restaurant in the Somali capital Mogadishu on a Friday night. Those killed at the popular restaurant in the capital were six civilians and three soldiers. The Somalia police force has been heaping praises on the Ghana-formed police unit. The personnel here may be far away from home, but feel closer to home. ASP Rejoice Dogby says Joy News helps her to follow and track what is happening back at home. You know, Joy FM is my favorite station because of the nature of the quality of their news. So every day I just try to listen to at least the 7 o'clock news. Even if I am at duty or busy, I have to listen to the 7 o'clock news. I watch it on YouTube, but if I'm home, on TV. 
Well, uh, let me now take you to Parliament. Uh, we're receiving an update about today's expected uh, hearing, and uh, we understand that the Minister for National Security is present in Parliament. Samuel Imbura is there for us with the latest. Hello, Samuel. Uh, what can you tell us about today's hearing? How would it uh, play out? moment, the National Security Minister has not arrived in Parliament yet, but he's expected to be before the committee in the ne uh, next 30 minutes for the entire hearing to begin. So it is going to be an in-camera hearing. What it means is that the public will not have the benefit to witness the live stream of the entire proceedings. I spoke earlier with the chairman of the committee, Samuel Athachia. He indicates that all witnesses will be interrogated after the testimony that will be given by the National Security Minister, uh, Albert Kandapa. But uh, so far, three of the witnesses have, um, I mean, four witnesses have arrived. Uh, the last person to have um, gone to the committee's, um, I mean, conference room is the uh, star witness, Daniel Bugrinabu. Today he is present himself. I, I tried getting reactions from him, but he wouldn't want to comment. He said he's going before a committee, and because of that, he wouldn't want to pass any comment uh, on it. So at the moment, he has been taken to the, um, the place where the hearing is taking place by his team. Uh, COP Alex Mensah and his team are also around. I tried speaking to him briefly, but he said he wouldn't comment because I was asking him about his deportment. At the time that his boss, uh, Dr. Akufudan Pari, was giving his testimony, it's like he uh, was, uh, his body language communicated otherwise, uh, showing disapproval of the testimony given by his boss. But he said he wouldn't comment, but uh, they are going in there to testify. Same as Superintendent George Sari and then uh, Eric uh, Jebi. So all witnesses are here. The committee members are also here. The um, legal team of the IGP, um, I mean, being led by uh, I mean, lawyer Kwame Jan, they are also here. We are waiting for the IGP himself to arrive, and then interrogation uh, will kick start. So at the moment, it hasn't started, uh, but once it starts, the National Security Minister, Albert Kandapa, is the first person to be or to give testimony uh, before the committee. The reason for he coming is the fact that the chairman of the committee, Samuel Thatcher, said some of the witnesses confirmed before the committee that they had already been investigated by the National Investigation Bureau. So they just want to find out from him what his ministry have also or has also found out so far as this leak tip is concerned. So they'll be able to widen the scope of uh, their investigation. So at the moment, Bernice, this is what is currently happening in Parliament. Uh, they are getting to the 10th floor of um, the Job 600. There's a conference room that this in-camera hearing will be done. So the media has pitched camp outside waiting for reactions and address from the national, uh, I mean, the chairman of the committee when this um, hearing, hearing is done. Well, so are we expecting the entire process today to be held in-camera or there will be portions that uh, the public will be privileged to witness. Exactly the point the, uh, the chairman of the committee, Mr. Atachia, said. He said today entirely is going to be in camera, so we will not have the benefit of uh, witnessing the live proceedings. Mind you, today they are going to adduce evidence to back their claims against the IGP. The IGP will also have the opportunity to rebut when need arises with uh, his evidence as well. So it's going to be a blanket 
um, I mean, in-camera session that the media will not have the opportunity. It's not just limited to the National Security Minister, but all the witnesses are going to testify uh, in-camera. We also we only get the benefit of what transpired there, that is if the counsel for the witnesses come to talk to us or the chairman of the committee comes to address or gives us a brief of what uh, transpired during their interrogation. But it's going to be a long day sitting, taking into consideration all the four witnesses and then Dr. Kufudan Pari coming and the National Security Minister also appearing before the committee. Finally, before I let you go, Samuel, we know that the IGP himself and his lawyer were concerned about the decision to hold portions of this hearing in camera. It, it appeared that they wanted everything to be done in the full glare of the public. Do we know if there still is a fight back on today's decision or the, the IGP and his lawyers will, will comply as stated by the chairman of the committee? Venice, that hasn't been determined yet. The committee is yet to meet, but before then, I saw a conference between lawyers of Superintendent George Sari, uh, Superintendent Eric J.B., and then COP Alex Mensah, uh, after the decision was communicated to them that they were going in camera. On the part of the lawyers of uh, IGP Dampari, um, I didn't get that indication that there's a resistance from them so far as this public, I mean, uh, in-camera hearing is concerned. Mind you, it is within the remits of the committee to decide which information goes public. Um, you, you remember consistently the chairman said that um, there are certain information they will not allow in the public domain because of the sensitive nature of it and taking into consideration these are people who man the security of the country and they wouldn't use this platform to jeopardize the country's uh, security. So uh, the committee would decide that and if there are objections from the lawyers we we'll definitely uh, hear from them for, but at the moment there is no resistance so far as this in-camera hearing is concerned. Here for now, Samuel Mbura is joining us from Parliament. And if you just joined us here on Newsdesk, the latest is that today's hearing of the ad hoc committee looking into the alleged plot to oust the IGP will be done in camera. We understand that the National Security Minister has arrived. Four other witnesses have. Uh, the IGP is yet to get there. And so we will be uh, stationed there waiting for information as and when it will be given us by the chairman of the committee. This is John News. You're watching News Desk with me, Bernice Abubidulansa. I'll be back with Business News to stay. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? ¿Ya estás preparado? 
para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Tema, the industrial gem of Ghana. Attention all dreamers, investors and home seekers. Mark your calendar for the next clinic of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair. Imagine waking up to stunning waterfront views, basking in the warmth of sun and embracing the comfort of a home perfectly tailored to your needs. Discover a range of housing options that cater to every budget and lifestyle. From sleek contemporary designs to elegant traditional architecture, the Ecoban Joy News Habitat Fair has it all. But wait, there's more. This fair isn't just about buying a home. It's also about enhancing the spaces we live in. Get financial solutions to acquire furniture for that beautiful home electronic devices, and more. Our dedicated team of real estate experts and banking partners are here to guide you every step of the way, making your journey to home ownership smooth and stress-free. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to make your dreams come true. Join us at the term edition of the Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair, where possibilities are limitless. The Ecobank Joy News Habitat Fair 2023 is powered by the Plant City Extension Project from Cities and Habitats and sponsored by... In a nation where the power distributor is highly indebted, a sinister syndicate lurks in the shadows as greed infiltrates the heart of Ghana's power supply. Join us on a riveting journey as we uncover the shocking truth behind ECG meter allocations. Corruption, deceit and betrayal. It's a tale that will leave you asking why. This thing is a big moral responsibility and values fight. It's a closing, so I was getting down for the stairs. So I used two of my hands, I separated them, and so when I was getting down, the hand I used to protect myself actually fall and get injured. I feel so bad, I feel terrible. I love school. I see my siblings go to school and coming back happy and I'm home. 
I feel so bad. I want to go to school and learn to learn. I want to see, I want to be a better person in the future because I know that I can do it. If I do it, people will see it and say, say that they can do it too. I want to be one of the greatest artists in the world and I want to be a car designer. Thanks for staying on News Desk. Now, Senior Advisor, Monetary and National Coordinator at the Office of the African Continental Free Trade Area, Yakub Yusuf, has disclosed that Ghana's aim is to penetrate all five regional blocks of the African continent, which has a market strength of 1.3 billion people. He pegged the combined gross domestic product to over 3.4 trillion United States dollars. He noted the country achieved huge success when over 65 businesses were taken to Kenya. Mr. Yusuf made this comment at the Upper West Regional Conference on the implementation of the National Framework and Action Plan in WA. Tony's Upper West correspondent, Rafiq Salam, reports. The Upper West Regional Conference on the implementation of the National Framework and National Action Plan on the African Continental Free Trade Area, after which is a baby of the African Union, is aimed at boosting the country's trade with Africa. The conference brought together major stakeholders, including municipal and district chief executives, coordinating directors of the various assemblies, officials of the Ghana Revenue Authority, religious leaders, exporters, and members of the garages, senior advisor, monitoring and evaluation, and national coordinator of AFTA, Alaj Yakub Yusuf, explained the rationale behind the regional conferences. Apart from the creation of jobs, farmers, men and women. We also realize that the headquarters of Africa Continental Free Trade Era is in Ghana. And you can imagine if we have this headquarters in Ghana, the opportunities, the benefits that it will bring to us. So a whole lot of these benefits, we cannot actually harness them if we don't understand what it takes to trade and after. He recalled with nostalgia the benefits that the country had when they traveled to Kenya on a market entry expedition with over 65 businesses. Alaj Yakub Yusuf disclosed that the aim is for the country to be a trailblazer in AFTA by penetrating in all five regional blocks of the continent, which has a market strength of 1.3 billion people. So businesses were taken to Kenya to introduce our Ghanaian products into the East African market where they also seize the opportunity to do businesses with the Kenya counterparts. And as I speak, we are seriously working on another journey to Tanzania to consolidate the gains that we made in Kenya made this year. You know, Africa is made up of five blocks, the North, the South, Central, and East Africa. So we are trying to make sure that after in Ghana will first penetrate into these blocks so that our products can be everywhere in Africa. We are looking at a market strength of 1.3 billion people in the Africa 
continental free trade area. That is why we say that it is very, very important. And we're also looking at a combined GDP of 3.4. Some have been estimated that it's around 3.7 billion, a trillion US dollars. So this is the amount of money that we expected in the market. And we are told that if we succeed in sustaining this market, it will be the single largest market in the whole world, not even European Union or Asia. Programs officer in charge of enterprise support in trade in finance at the national office of after Divine Kotochel cherry picked on the portion of the policy framework and national action plan that talks about enhancing women and youth in cross border trade, which he sees as very important. The country. Women and youth occupy about 70% of I mean, businesses that do uh, cross-border trade in Ghana. And so if AFTA is going to work, we need to see that we develop a policy geared towards their development. Development in the context of capacity building. We need to start training them how they can start packaging their product. We need to start letting them know that you don't produce because that is how it is done in Ghana. You now have to produce to have an international concept in mind. Yeah, we also want to encourage them to form viable partnership groups because you alone cannot supply the market needs of our 1.3 billion people in Africa. And that is what we see. Most businesses will want to be acting in silos. And so we are seeing how we can help them come up with very viable partnership groups so that they can be able to remain competitive. Our power Sudan Minister, Dr. Abiz Sali, in a speech read on his behalf, by Chief Director at the Apple Student Coordinating Council, Peter M. Mala noted that the conference signifies the crucial step in the country's quest in strengthening trade relationship with its counterparts. This document reflects the, the, the dedication of our government to fostering an environment conducive to trade, removing barriers, and promoting collaboration across sectors. By enhancing our trade ties with Africa, we can harness the untapped potential of our economies, drive sustainable growth, create jobs, and ultimately uplift the quality of life for our citizens. Reporting for Joy News, Rafik Salam. And here in our studios in Kukumlemli, I'm Bernice Abubedulansa, and this is how we end this edition of News Desk. But there's more news when you log on to myjoyonline.com. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.